Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and as always, I'm joined by my partner in film, Devin. And today, we're going to be giving our spoiler-free thoughts on Marvel's Secret Invasions, Episodes 1 through 6. If you weren't with us earlier, a few weeks ago, we covered Episodes 1 and 2. During its initial drop, we were able to get early uh, screenings for that. So now we are covering the rest of the series now that it has completed. Uh, We usually do like a week to week basis, but my gosh, there's so much going on. It was just darn near impossible to cover this on a weekly basis. But we still wanted to talk about this because we pretty much cover every Marvel um, show and or property uh, when it comes to the MCU, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, at least. So that will be on the front half of this episode. And on the back half of this episode, I will be writing solo yet again and discussing the recent 4K Blu-ray release of Justice League War World, which is the new DC animated movie that hit store shelves a few days ago as of July 24th. So before we begin today's episode, as always, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to our show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, threads, all that other social media, hubbubaloo at filmoptics. That is optics with an X. Or you can email us at filmoptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions. Devin? What you been watching? How's your week been altogether? Mine has been insane, and I'm actually happy we're doing this. I'm like in my happy place now. We can like talk about movies and just, you know, praise and rip on whatever we want. <laughs> so, how's your week been? Yeah, it's it's been it's been a pretty good week. Um, we did have the Invincible Adam special, Adam Eve special, which dropped on was it Friday night? Yeah, insane, insanely good episode. Like. It's just cannot wait for season season two. But other than that, we both watched Haunted Mansion and we both had similar thoughts about that one. Not really a fan of how that one turned out. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, yeah, for, for Haunted Mansion, it was just uh, just to give our quick thoughts because uh, we were not able to pump out a full review of it. So this is just our little quick thoughts on the movie. Uh, we were able to see it early, um, much earlier than most. Um, unfortunately, um, it just did not hit for me whatsoever. Um, I've, I was never like a big fan of the original two. Um, I'm not sure if that's because I just didn't like them or because I was a scaredy cat back in the day, but yeah, it just didn't resonate with me. I thought that there were some really good jokes thrown in there. I'm like, Oh wow, this might be somewhat enjoyable. But I think as a family film, people are going to watch it. But I'm not going to lie. I fell asleep for 30 minutes because it was so boring to me. I just did not care about these characters, did not care about the plots. I mean, it's great to see Rosario Dawson and, of course, like Keith Stanfield coming back into the um, into the fold just on, on screen altogether. And, of course, you have Danny DeVito and... Um, <laughs> A few others thrown in there, just a few other surprises. I don't want to give it away, but it just didn't resonate with me at all. And honestly, there's so many other things to watch, and I'm starting to realize that. It's just like with video games. There's so many things to play. Like all these studios, all these movie and TV studios, they want to fight for your attention. They want to fight for your dollar, and that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's so many other things to watch and I was like, you know what? I just, you know, if, if I didn't get a screening to it, I probably never would have even watched it. And I yeah. feel the same way about like the Twisted Metal series. Like, I mean, I know people are going to be watching it. It's a PlayStation property, but like I have other stuff to watch. There's too many other things out there to watch that probably deserve my time more so than Twisted Metal and the Gran Turismo movie. And that's not me putting these films down or these series down. It's just that there is so much other media out there to consume that you have to pick and choose what is interesting to you. 
Like, don't just watch everything for the sake of, oh, well, it's the new thing. Because there's a lot of things on our podcast that we don't cover. But if that's just due to, we're, we're just two guys on a microphone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, we're just two guys talking about movies. We're not, we're not professionals in any way. But yeah, yeah. I, I agree with Haunted Mansion. The biggest issue for me was that you knew going into it, it wasn't going to be scary. Like, it's based on a Disney ride, so you have that expectation going in. But other than that, you would still expect it to be like funny and then have like some cool visuals. Just did not have those for me. The visuals especially mm. were just disappointing. Like the ghost looked pretty goofy, which yeah. I mean, could have been on purpose, but didn't really work for me. No, it, it, it didn't work for me either. It's just, I, I mean, th- yeah, like obviously this is a scary movie for kids. So like adults are really going to be unfazed about this unless you are a, like a really big scaredy cat, which is fine. Cause like I've said on previous episodes, I used to be that way and it was really, really bad <laughs> when I was a kid. But you know, as I've gotten older, like as I've started consuming more of the thriller horror medium, you know, just, there's still some things I'm, you know, like not all about, but most things I can definitely handle. But yeah, um, I just, I, don't, I wish, I wish it was just a better story. Um, and I feel like it was a tad too long altogether. You know what I mean? It just, yeah, it was like two hours. Yeah. Two hours. And, you know, I, I walked out and, you know, our rep was standing out there. She's like, Oh, like, what did you think? I was like, I mean, it's a fun family movie, but fun doesn't, equal good or you know we're not looking i, I for just told movie. mine i like danny devito because it's yeah. all i needed some danny devito exactly like danny devito was fantastic you know just doing his own thing like lakeith stanfeld like you know he he did his his thing but this this whole movie felt very generic and just very you know run the mills very um it, it was pretty predictable of, of what was going to happen um, once you had like all the plot points and whatnot, but it's just another manufactured blockbuster. I mean, you know, we get a dime a dozen of those, but I, I mean, this probably could have been a haunted mansion summer movie event, but like, there's just too many other things out there that deserve your time. Um, but I still think people should go see it if they are interested. It's not us saying that, Hey, you shouldn't go see it. Like we said before, we're just sharing our opinions of our experiences, but in no way is that a slight for people not to see the movie. I will say, if you are interested in seeing a black-led sci-fi type two-hour movie, they clone Tyrone on Netflix. That could be your answer. It is rated <laughs> R, so it is, it's not for the kids, but I yeah. really enjoyed that one. That was a fun ride. John Boyega killed it. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, they said the end word just a little bit too many more times than I care to admit, but it is a very fun. Actually, no, it, it, it is a good movie to watch. Like it, it's one of those Netflix films where it's like, hey, like you should watch this. And not just because it's the new thing that's out on Netflix this week. Like, yeah. you definitely should watch it because it has a great cast. A really compelling story. Um, there are times where I wish that they would have went a little bit deeper. I'm like, maybe this could have worked better as a television series, but it is really good. I, I just really like, I keep coming back to it, but when you give somebody a rated R movie and that creative freedom, just the magic can happen. Mm-hmm. They can just do yeah. whatever they want in the story. Exactly. And and that's what I think we need more of creative freedom. Um, and I think Paramount Plus was saying for more of their animation stuff, they're not going to be sinking more money into like original, like animated IP um, or new original ideas. Ideals are just going to uh, focus more on IP because um, they had quoted saying, you know, like we don't want to spend all this money for people to maybe show up. But I mean, to be honest, that's how these IPs got to where they were. Pirates of the Caribbean, Jurassic Park. Um Speaking movie-wise in general, not like things are adapted into... Well, actually, I think Jurassic Park was adapted from a book, but something like Star Wars, I'm just using it as a basic example, because that was originally, you know, a passion project by George Lucas, and, you know, he was, you know, through Fox, 20th Century Fox, he was given a chance, and, you know, that's how new IPs and like new films are born, but Hey, it is what it is, you know, but 
outside of <laughs> our rants on our slight little haunted mansion coverage there and they clone tyrone and adam eve um which i have also watched and i it was i want to watch it again it was so good i was i was glued to my screen literally the entire time and i'm like i'm i was very excited for season two not a big fan that it's being split into two parts i don't really like this trend that a lot of series are doing but um, it's coming nonetheless. So we're going to get the first four episodes of season two in November, I believe. And then the last four coming in 2024, which is just code for the last four episodes are not done. But yeah, very, very excited for that. But outside of that, I watched uh, Superman Man of Tomorrow. Uh, it's another DC animated movie. It's actually very good. It came out in 2020. I watched it on Max yesterday, which was pretty awesome. Um, I've been I'm slowly becoming Superman fan, not like the biggest Superman fan, but I'm starting to get the appeal of why people like him so much and why he's you know adored as one of the most popular comic book characters of all time. But yeah, that was really, really good. But could he beat Gaia in a fight? That's the question. <laughs> that is a good question and an even better segue. So as we mentioned before, we're going to be covering episodes three through six of a secret invasion. This is complete spoiler territory. So that is your first spoiler warning for, episodes three through six of a secret invasion again that is your second spoiler warning for a secret invasion so if you have not seen the episode fast forward to my to my justice league war world part <laughs> all together but yeah we're just going to be talking about spoilers um all together here so without further delay We'll be right back after this introduction to Marvel Secret Invasions, episode one through six. Fury. Since you've been gone, things have gotten much worse. Or you think I came back? You're in no shape for this fight that lies before us, old friend. This is personal. Very few of us know about the wars fought in the shadows that have raged on this planet. Do you feel responsible? And we are back. You just heard a little snippet of Marvel's Secret Invasion. And as I mentioned before, we're going to be covering episodes three through six for you guys here today. Complete spoiler territory, spoiler land, all that jazz. But just in case you are new here to the show, welcome and just wanted to read off a little bit of the series info before we get started. So, of course, the creator of the show is Kyle Bradstreet. Brad Street. I almost said Brad Skeets, but it's Brad Street. And stars Samuel Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Amelia Clark, Olivia Coleman, and many, many more. And, of course, this is about Fury and Talos trying to stop the scrolls who have infiltrated the high spheres of the Marvel Universe. And of our world altogether. So, as I mentioned before, we covered episodes one through two prior, and we actually gave the show some pretty high praise um, a few weeks ago. We have not given our scores yet. We'll give our scores towards the end of this um, episode now that the entire series is out for people to watch. And I'm just going to turn it over to Devin so we can give his, uh, just his initial reactions of uh the series altogether now that we have watched the season finale yeah it was uh almost a little over a month ago it premiered um and be before that we kind of gave our first impressions on the first two episodes and we were pretty excited overall with what they started off with definitely a rocky start with the whole uh, ai intro thing that definitely bit them a little bit because i think 
a fair amount of people dropped off when they saw that without even giving it a chance, which was unfair, but probably shouldn't have done it in the first place. But other than that, uh, after episode two, there was definitely a bit of a drop off for me as far as interest in the series went because um, a lot of the story just didn't come together for me. Um, obviously, you have a great cast here, a lot of great characters. Um, it's really it's really well shot. There's definitely some cool locations and cool scenery to look at, but I think the writing has re- really failed the series overall, and also the rigid rigid MCU structure that we've discussed in the past and keeps coming back to bite them because they just don't seem to want to deviate from that formula and it's not like the, the whole Marvel formula thing that people want to say over and over again. It's, it's literally a formula of a six-episode miniseries TV show where you try to cram everything in and you don't have any room to wiggle around and, and add an episode or get rid of an episode. It has to be at six episodes for whatever reason. And it leads to uneven episodes, uneven lengths of episodes. Like These last two episodes are both, were both like, what, 30 minutes each? Like the finale was like 35 yeah, I think with the um, with credits, both the penultimate and the season finale were around like 37, 38 um, minutes. It's just so hard to, to wrap up every storyline with a 35 minute finale. Like, I don't know what they're expecting to happen, but as far as the finale goes, well, I guess we can. Like, you, episodes three and four kind of blended together for me. Like, nothing really special stood out. Obviously, you have the, the death of Talos, which was kind of unceremonious, just like Maria Hills was. Just a bit of shock value there. Nothing really crazy. Um, no, none of the twists really really hit hard in this one because it's all stuff we either expected or it's characters that have been around a while and kind of felt like they they could go, um, especially the roadie being a, a, a scroll twist. Like I feel like that's that was the most obvious one because he's the only Avenger that it could have been. And he was just the one that's been tab- tabbed to be a scroll this whole time. And then they just do a, like a mirror reveal. It doesn't didn't really do much. It just didn't hit at all. Um, as far as we know, he could be the only one. We don't know. He could. There could be more. I don't know. Yeah, we also have to try to figure out when he was first turned into a scroll because that's a whole other issue. Like that. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of plot holes and or like plot contrivances they have to try to work around going forward because that's a mm-hmm. pretty big deal. I agree with my initial reactions uh, when it comes to this series. Um, I have some interesting things to say about the sixth episode um, arc because people are saying it doesn't work. And I, I want to bring up a really good example. I'll get it into it here in a moment. But I also want to bring up Meredith Loftus's uh, tweet at Meredith Loftus on Twitter or X, I guess you can call it now. Um, she pretty much tweeted out what I feel about the series. Cause I don't hate it. I don't love it, but she stated that secret invasion had, has so much going for it. Olivia Coleman is still my MVP in parentheses. The finale rushed through some um, major moments that should have impacted the MCU still enjoy the series, but it's time to take a break from the six episode formula. So, I, much like Devin, you know, we watched the first few episodes. We were really into it because episodes one and two were around 54 to 55 minutes long. And I remember I'd said back then, if they kept up with that time frame for each episode, this could be a great freaking series. The example I wanted to bring up because I finished Love and Death, which is on Max or HBO Max. It is a limited series, just like Secret Invasion. Stars, of course, Elizabeth Olsen, who is also Wanda Maximoff in the MCU. But I'm going through season one because it is a limited series. So it it is one and done season. So uh, Love and Death has seven episodes that are 59 to 46 minutes. Episodes one through... Five range from 57 to 53 minutes. The shortest episode is the penultimate episode. Um, that is 46 minutes. And then uh, the season finale is 58 minutes. I firmly believe if we would have gotten at least an hour, like it needs to be around an hour or like at the hour mark. I feel like if we would have gotten an hour mark, for Secret Invasion, with the six-episode formula, 
I feel like it would have been a great freaking series, but not saying that it needs to be six episodes. If you need a little bit more time, definitely, you know, hit that seven, eight episode mark. I feel like eight episodes is usually the sweet spot for a lot of series nowadays, especially these, these are limited series for the most part. Some are getting a season two, like Marvel's What If. Of course, we're getting a season two of Loki. There are other uh, shows that are spinning off from other shows, but yeah, I firmly believe if they would have if, if they're going to stick with the six-episode um, mark, that's fine. But each episode needs to be as close to an hour as it possibly can. At the, at the very least, the finale. Like, the finale cannot be a half hour. Like, you're not giving yourself any room to work with. Yeah, but I, I agree. If, if, if they're going to range between 50 to 30 minutes... Um, per ep, you know, per episode, then yes, you need more episodes. But if you're going to stick to that six episode arc, you need to have each episode be as close to an hour as you possibly can, because that is how people feel like you, you can make it more of an event. Like, yeah, they drop on Wednesdays, but like that could be like everyone's midweek break from you know their their daily lives you have an hour of a marvel television show like oh my gosh what's going to happen this week give me a full hour if you're going to do the six episode arc if you're not going to commit to those run times then we need to have more episodes like we did with wandavision because it definitely warranted for that um she hulk was um, nine episodes as well, around 30 minutes each, but that's more of a sitcom formula just all together. So that kind of makes sense. But yeah, if, if love and death can do this in seven episodes with like an hour long, um, runtime per Marvel should have no freaking problem. Cause HBO does stuff like this all the time. And it's, it's crazy. It's like, even if you look up, uh, scenes from uh, scenes from a marriage on Max. That is with uh, Oscar Isaac and um, Jessica Chastain. That ep- that's a show. That limited series is five episodes, and one episode, two episodes go over an hour. One's in an hour and four minutes. Another one's an hour and seven minutes. And that was great television. And that's five episodes. Each episode is pushing. I think the the shortest episode is 56 minutes. <laughs> it's like it can be done, but it's like Marvel just doesn't want to do that. And it also comes down to the issue that this could have easily been a, a two hour movie. And they tried to stretch it out into a six episode series, which is what they've been doing over and over again. Because yeah. This, this should have been an event because Secret Invasion is a big, pretty big event in the comics. It should have been an event type of movie instead of trying to stretch it out into a limited series. They kind of pigeonhole themselves in the very beginning when they try to try to make it like that. Yeah, I I definitely agree. When when you're when it's and I think that's the effects, one of the negative effects of streaming because there are a lot of movies out there that easily could have been television shows. This also had a movie budget, which we can talk about a little bit, but like this budget was around 220 million, which is insanity. When you think about some of the other movies that we've been getting for a lot less and just in comparison, especially with that, there wasn't much CGI in this, in this series. Like of course the scrolls are CGI and some of the fighting is, but that's really it. There really should not have been a $220 million budget. Like where did that go towards? I agree. Insane to think about. Well, I was gonna say they got a lot of star power in this one. <laughs> to be fair, you get Amelia Clark, Olivia Coleman, Ben Mandelson, and Samuel Jackson alongside. I mean, you have Martin Freeman uh, coming in a few times. I mean, as even well. even if those are each ten million each, like that's still fifty million, and they're definitely not that high. No, not at all. But speaking of the um, the CGI, what did you think of the CGI of of the series altogether? Overall, it was solid. I mean, the scrolls mm. looked pretty convincing throughout. Um, they were used pretty sparingly. Um, I guess we can talk about more about the finale itself. Um, the, I guess you could say it was the big battle between Gaia and Kra- Gravik at the end. 
Uh, it was a pretty cool fight overall, but then they kind of went into the sky and did the classic lasers in the sky fighting thing. <laughs> you get small little looked, dots like pink. And that's, yeah, that's where it looked a little, it looked a little rough there. And that's where it kind of loses me. Um, it's, it's also kind of interesting that gave Gaia every power in the Marvel Universe. Like we just met this person th- two, three episodes ago. And now she's like the ultimate character in the universe. Just a strange choice. So I wonder is so is is she confirmed to have every single Avengers power? I mean, it's not it's not every power, but they they went through the list on the computer when they scanned it. It was like fifteen people combined. Yeah, it was. So I I'm wondering if Wanda was on that list. I don't know if they got her DNA. I don't think she was on it. I don't think she was. But episode six, unfortunately, was. The lowest rated MCU project ever on Rotten Tomatoes, episode six of Secret Invasion, which. Yeah, it's it should not be that low, but it was definitely a bit rough. No, because I I just don't know. I think I mean, maybe it is because I mean, I don't want to say, oh, it's a six episode formula. Then they move away from it and then we don't, you know, get the setup and payoff that we should get. Yeah, I think I think they just need to they just need to sit back and reevaluate their plans for the Disney show. Like we're not I'm not the first one to say this, but they need to just reevaluate how they're putting out these shows because the budgets and just the overall output of them just hasn't been up to par with what they should expect. That's movie level too. So it's like yeah. should should any of these like I I feel yeah, like I think Bob Iger already said that they're going to be toning down the shows. Um, yeah. frequency per year. I, I, I agree. Cause it, it's weird because it seems that, you know, the longer, um, more, the more episodes we get with a, with an MCU show, the shorter they are in length per episode, or, you know, you get six episodes that are a little bit longer ish. I'm not sure, but it's to get back on track just for the thoughts of, Secret Invasion, you know, without focusing too much on the negative. Um, I do agree, like you had said, you know, the first two episodes really um, caught my attention. And then, was it three and four were kind of interesting, you know, I mean, um, not graphic, but Ben Mendelsohn's character dies. Um, I feel like the deaths in this show... Well, the two deaths in the show that felt very underwhelmed. Very anticlimactic. Or yeah, very anticlimactic was Maria Hill. And then... Uh, Talos. Ben, Talos, yeah. Uh, ben Mendelsohn's character. And then, and then we also get a fake-out death with Gaia, which was actually kind of cool. I think her character was probably the most interesting um, I think Gravik was interesting as well because he was, you know, part of it. Gravik was a pretty was a pretty decent villain just because of how mm. all out he went. As far as didn't really didn't really have much of an ulterior motive, just kind of was balls to the wall. And also felt like the series, like it felt like this whole thing was like, oh, we're not going to start with Act One, we're going to start with Act Two, and then Act Three. It's like everyone, it's like they're just rushing to get to the good stuff. And we we've we've been seeing this with a lot of other shows and movies as well, especially shows with uh, The Witcher, because a lot of people did not like season two. It felt very rushed because they just want to get to the exciting stuff, and it's like you need setup to have payoff. This is how it works. <laughs> like TV and film uh, are structured in this way, where you need setup. And payoff. You can't just rush to the payoff and be like, oh, there's all this cool stuff that we want to do. And that's how we got movies like Multiverse of Madness. I love Multiverse of Madness, but it felt very rushed and it felt like we were just thrown into the middle of a movie because they didn't know where to start. And I feel like for Secret Invasion, it's kind of the same. Everything was just very rushed and I didn't know you know, what to expect. And, you know, it started off as like this espionage um, thriller um, show. And, you know, it kind of changed tone a little bit throughout, which is fine. Not saying that, like, I think you can have like a CGI battled um, fight in this type of show. 
because it is dealing with super scrolls and scrolls all together. But yeah, everything kind of just felt very rushed, but there's a lot of great ideas that they didn't execute well with. Uh, I just, I, it's very, very weird how they were, you know, just everything was handled. Not as greatly as I thought it was going to, but yeah, <laughs> that's like my tangents. I didn't hate and, it. And honestly, honestly, at the end of the day, this, unfortunately, this might be like the most forgettable MCU series. Like it, it isn't the worst on my list, but it's probably the one that I will think about the least. And just from what I remember, like really, it just didn't really have any impact. I'm trying to think where this would land. I remember a few days ago I was on a stream and I said this will probably be like my third favorite. But I mean, thinking back on all the other shows that we've gotten, because everyone was so excited that, you know, Marvel was making their own shows instead of the Netflix shows. Um, gosh, I mean, I don't know where it rank and it's, it's too many to rank right now, but. I would say it's probably in the middle, oh, but I don't know. Saying it's forgetful, I can't remember anything that happened in what of season one outside of like an episode or two. <laughs> like, but yeah, that's, at the, that's at the bottom overall. But like, yeah, I mean, th- there's a lot of yeah, there, there's some forgettable stuff from like I don't know. It's just they they, they got to do better uh, for sure. It because it, it's not like these plot points are bad. They have great plot points. They had this, you know, we, we had some setup, but the payoff was just, the, the setup was so rushed. They just wanted to get to the good stuff. And that's why I feel like, you know, a lot of these studios are just rushing to get to, to, to the interesting stuff where it's like, well, no, like, I mean, Devin doesn't necessarily like doing part one as much as I do, but it is necessary. Like none of that happens. Let's um, Doom Part Two doesn't happen unless we have Part One to set up in the payoff, and there'll definitely be more setups in Part Two that pay off in the third film. But yeah, I I feel like Marvel kind of needs to pump the brakes a little bit, reevaluate it. You know, we're we're not getting that many Star Wars shows as much as we are uh, Marvel shows. I don't know why they're ramping more into Marvel than Star Wars, but it is what it I mean, is. It is. It sounds um, pretty close between them now. With Star Wars definitely catching up. They have Andor and Ahsoka and Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. It, mm, oh, I'm very excited for Ahsoka though. God. Oh, I'm so excited for Ahsoka. That one, that one I've been waiting for for a while, but it was cool that they, that they kind of, went the more adult route for this one. It's more serious tone, more for adults, which was definitely a cool thing to do. And I'm hoping we get more of that with Daredevil next year. Daredevil is going to be 18 episodes, so that definitely curbs the six-episode trend. But I think they could definitely put some more focus into that and making sure that is done well because they need Daredevil to do well because of how beloved that show is. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. Like, it's... (laughs) That I think that's going to be the tipping point of how, because everyone loves Daredevil. You finish. You, you could do you could do two big series a year, and that's great. You get one for six months, another the second six six months, and you can do your 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 team ups with other characters within those shows. They don't have to all have their own sh- uh, series, and it'd be great. And then you can do two or three movies a year, still putting out a lot a year. That's actually not a bad. Uh, plan because yeah like you have two big big shows they they, i think i feel like they're you know they obviously want to keep people interested um all together but you know for people keeping their subscriptions it has technically been since last year since we got a um marvel show but i don't know you get something like Guardians of the galaxy like i mean we had ant-man the wasp Quantumania. Then we got Guardians of the Galaxy, which is like, wow. And I mean, they they pushed back the Marvels, which is good <laughs> because I just, yeah, they, they got, they got to figure something out. I mean, I'm happy that Bob Iger understands all of that uh, when it comes to Marvel, but I'm not happy about the comments that he's been making about, you know, um, his, his coworkers, the, 
between the people who work for these studios, these actors and these writers. Yeah, he just needs so, to give up 1% of his paycheck to pay the entire SAG after force, <laughs> more than likely. God forbid. How how would he live without that extra 1% of cash in his life? Like it's so <laughs> I mean, he, he might he might have to downgrade yachts. I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah, it's tough life. Was it like it was like him, Zuckerberg, and Zaslav at some like retreats or something like that? Like so annoying. I was like, wow. Like it's, I don't know, man. It it really makes you think. It really makes you think. But let's get into our final thoughts and ratings here, Devin. What are your final thoughts and ratings on Secret Invasion episodes three through six? Yeah, final thoughts. This one just didn't really come together for me. Um, the writing left a lot to be desired and didn't really just keep me interested. The, the twists and turns never really felt impactful, never really shocked anybody. And it feels like they're just kind of st- stuck in a, in a TV rut right now. Um, although I have enjoyed most of the other TV shows, this is kind of where they're going to start reevaluating some things. It seems like, um, but as far as the series overall, I'd probably give it like a, like a 65 overall, like mm. it, it's definitely watchable. Like it looks nice. It's, it's has its moments, a lot of great characters and actors, but a lot of issues going on too. I agree. Uh, for me, I would probably give this as like a, uh, I would give it a 60 out of a hundred. Um, like we've said, you know, like anything, like I would say like 60 or higher isn't necessarily bad, but it definitely could have been better. You know, there was a lot of ideas that were implemented into the show that just did not have a significant payoff. They rushed through everything to just get to the more, more exciting bits. And I feel like pretty much, I think out of any Marvel show that we've gotten, this one should have worked because of the tone, because of the genre of this movie. Because of the cast of this yeah, yeah, because because of the cast and because of like Secret Invasion, it's so awesome. Like you know, you obviously we don't know who is a scroll, and like that's the scary part. Like this, this should have been. I think this should have started off as a movie and then start uh, went into its own TV show because that would have been awesome. Because you know, a, a lot of things happening within Secret Invasions within the comics. And you know you're you're cutting that down to a six episode TV show that's you know it starts off really strong, and then you know the the ending. I think the for you know it was a rocky ride. I think they landed the ending in a way where they're like, hey, there is going to be more because I did like you know, the, the ending part bits where, you know, we're starting to see this pushback from humanity, but yeah, it just, it felt too soon and just, you know, some anticlimactic deaths where it's like, yeah, well there, we're just going to kill it off in, in TV show. And then that's it. You know, Colby Smulders is now released from her contract. So Yeah. A 60 from me out of 100 and a 65 out of 100 for Devin. So the official podcast score for Secret Invasions episode three through six, actually just the entire series overall, it's going to be a 62.5 out of 100. So that will be our official podcast score for this series And with all that said, that concludes this section of our Secret Invasions series coverage. And really quick before Devin gets out of here, want to let you guys know that if you like what you heard so far, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your preferred podcast platform of choice. And make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Film Optics. That is Optics with an X. And of course, don't forget to share an episode of our podcast with a friend, whether it be your mother, your brother, Spread the love for the Film Optics Podcast with a movie lover in need. And before we switch over to the latter half of our episode, we'll like to let you guys know what's coming up next on the show and what you can listen to right now. So what is coming up next? We have our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutants of Mayhem review, as well as our Talk to Me review, which is going to be a lot of fun for both of those films going into August. Man, it's crazy. 
crazy. We still have about like a good month and a half left of summer. But what you can listen to right now on our podcast is our Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 review, which is spoiler free, as well as our Joyride review and our Barbenheimer review, which we cover Barbie and Oppenheimer all into one amazing episode for you guys. Timestamps for each of those episodes will be in that specific episode for those podcast notes. And of course, you can listen to my thoughts on The Last of Us 4K Blu-ray coverage as well. So with all that said, let's get into the second half of our episode. We'll be right back after this introduction to our Justice League War World 4K Blu-ray review. Something isn't right. I don't know what's going on. I need to find a way back. Yes. But to where? What can you tell us about this wizard? I could take you to his castle. Beyond that, you're the ones intent on dying. Run. Run! She's an angel. Come to save us all. Never seen anyone fight like that. You're a wonder. And we are back with our Justice League War World 4K Blu-ray review. This film is now available for purchase at local retail stores starting on July 25th, 2023, which was a few days ago. So you can definitely go pick up your Blu-ray and or 4K Blu-ray copy in retail stores. And this little number will run you around $28.99 for the 4K UHD version and about $22.99 for the Blu-ray standard edition. According to Amazon.com, that is where you can find this interesting movie i will say but i'll get into my thoughts here in a bit but if you are new here to our blu-ray section this is something that i like to cover on my own for the sake of physical media because i love physical media so much and i feel like i need to give back to the community that i've been a part of for so long and of course i'd like to thank warner brothers for sending us a review copy of this movie for the purpose of this podcast episode. So shout out to Warner Brothers for sending me that review copy our way. So what I do for these reviews, if you are new here, is I like to break this into a few sections. Of course, my initial reactions, and then I get into the picture quality, my thoughts on that, as well as the audio quality, and then I'll dive into special features and then give my final thoughts as to whether or not you should add this to your Blu-ray collection. So without further delay, I'm just going to get straight into my initial reactions here of this film for Justice League War World. During my initial attempts of watching this movie, yes, my initial attempts of watching this movie, I tried to watch it twice prior. Uh, I found myself um, uncertain about my thoughts about this film. For some reason, I was not in the right state of mind of watching this movie, and I ended up turning it off around 20 minutes within my first two times of watching it. However, on my third viewing, I did commit to watching the entire film, and I ended up liking it more than I expected, though it did take a while for me to warm up to it. Um, I, I did feel a little bit puzzled about how a 90-minute movie could give the impression of a two-hour film. For some reason, you know, this movie is an hour and a half, and it felt like a two-hour film for some reason. But the plot seemed unclear for me and left me a little frustrated uh, with its message or what it was trying to convey to me. I think that was partially on me for trying to figure out what was going on um, earlier in the movie. But it's almost as if this film encompasses the content of three to four movies 
into one. Um, and I'm all for nonlinear storytelling, but for some reason, it just struck me as a little bit odd as going through this movie. But the farther I got into the movie, I understood what was going on. And of course, one of the aspects that stood out to me of this film was the realization that we finally have like a genuine DC Trinity movie starring Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, Upon reflection, I did appreciate the concept of exploring these classic DC heroes in alternate realities, uh, which I believe sets up a excellent foundation for the next movie that was recently announced at San Diego Comic-Con titled Crisis on Infinite Herbs. If you are not familiar with this new rendition of DC movies, they have moved on from the new 52 to the tomorrow verse, which kind of resets the entire DC animated universe altogether. So starting this actually started back in 2020, starting with Superman man of tomorrow. That is the first film of the tomorrow versus what it's being dubbed as. And then that follows into justice society, world war two, and then goes on to Batman, the long Halloween, and then the green lantern movie, uh, beware my power. And then of course, Legion of superheroes, which we actually covered here on the podcast a few months ago. So if you haven't heard that review, definitely check it out. And of course, now we have justice league, War World, and I believe the next one in line canonically is going to be Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is really interesting because I thought, you know, it's 2023. You would think that DC would have already adapted that for um, animation, but it is what it is. But those are just my initial reactions to this film. It was a little mixed on it, but overall, I think I had a really good time the farther I get into the film. As far as the picture quality goes, this film maintains a similar quality to its previous installments, such as Legions of Superheroes and Superman Man of Tomorrow. If you are familiar with the Warner Brothers DC animated films, you'll find that Justice League War World, or I'll just call it War World for short, fits right in with the others in terms of visuals. The 4K is an upgrade from the standard Blu-ray, of course, but the difference might not be as noticeable for the average viewer. Uh, But I will say that the movie's clever use of HDR technology definitely brings out the best in the colors, making uh, the landscape and production design mesmerizing. Plus, the disc does ensure those deep black levels, guaranteeing a smooth and enjoyable viewing experience without any dark areas losing detail or any type of weird visual problems. But overall... I feel like um, this creates a fantastic uh, movie watching experience that people will thoroughly enjoy. So on to the audio. I think Warner Brothers did a fantastic job with the audio in this movie. Uh, This track has a DTS HD 5.1 master audio uh, mix, and it is top notch, in my opinion, creating an immersive experience for viewers the way they use different channels is it's pretty impressive, I would say, making you feel right at home, right in the middle of the action. You're going to hear cool uh, weapon fighting sounds alongside some supernatural elements as well to add to that excitement. And the dialogue, as always, for any Warner Brothers animated film is crystal clear. And the background music by Michael Gatt is powerful and adds that overall impact to the film. It really, really gets the juices flowing. But I think my favorite part about the audio is that they thoughtfully included, as always, the optional subtitles for English, SDH, French, and Spanish, which is great accessibility, making the movie enjoyable for a wider audience. And for those who don't know what SDH stands for, it stands for the subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing. So if you ever see that on the back of a box, that's what it means. Now, as far as the special features go for this Blu-ray package, I gotta say it's pretty 
lackluster, only featuring two special features on the Blu-ray disc. We have the Illusions on Warworld, which is an eight-minute featurette in which the creative team discusses the desire to explore different areas of the DC universe with this film. The structuring of these stories, the voice performances, the designs, and more. This is not quite as substantial as usual, but it is still worth the watch. And, of course, we have the last special feature, which is the heroic, the horrible, and the hideous, which is another eight-minute piece in which the same participants discuss the history of Warworld and how it is tackled in its iteration the characters they get to play with, and more. So a few little special features there for you guys. Um, it doesn't... I, I watched both of them. I mean, it's it's cool to see special features, don't get me wrong, but sometimes I feel like Blu-ray packages are lacking a bit. But for a hour and 30-minute movie... I guess, what else were you necessarily expecting? There isn't too much to dive into um, when it comes to these animated films, although there have been a few um, of the bigger animated films that get get a little bit more of the uh, special features altogether. But as far as my final thoughts go, as I mentioned, uh, my experience with this movie was quite uh, a journey. Initially uncertain about it. Like I said, I turned it off after just 20 minutes uh, after being in a unfavorable state of mind, but I was able to push through. Um, like I said, it's it takes a second to get there for this movie because there is a lot going on. And some of the sequences dealing with Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman can be kind of interesting, some not so much. The first 20 minutes was more of like a cool little Western uh, situation with Wonder Woman. I thought it was okay, but it didn't really grasp me. It really didn't grasp me until the end of Batman's journey during his um, situation, I'll say. And then the Superman kind of gives you like the 1950s, 60s feel with the black and white. But towards the end, it started getting pretty interesting. And like I said, there's always a setup, at least for this new tomorrow verse. Um, Overall, like I said, I really appreciated the concept of exploring the classic DC heroes in these alternate realities. And like I said, it's really setting up for Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is supposed to be the next DC animated film, I believe, hitting in 2024. I believe that this is the last that's coming out for new DC movies. I know we also have the Batman Mask of the Phantasm that we'll be releasing on 4K later in September. Perfect time for Halloween, so you can definitely uh, re-enjoy that uh, classic film if you haven't caught it already while you're waiting for Crisis on Infinite Earths. But as I mentioned before, Justice League Warworld is currently available to purchase on 4K UHD Blu-ray, on standard Blu-ray, and on digital. And with all that said, thank you for listening to our show here today. We did a very interesting two-parter here for you guys today, as we often do. You know, if there is a Blu-ray review that kind of fits the theme of the overall episode, I'll usually tack that on. So we talked a lot of superheroes today, which which is pretty cool. But again, thank you guys all for listening. If you enjoy the show, please take a moment to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure to stay connected with us by following us on Twitter, Threads, and Instagram at FilmOptics. Again, that's Optics with an X for the latest updates. I'm Christian, signing off. And remember, life is like a movie. So go out there and make it a blockbuster.